Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tingser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders in the hospitality and restaurant industry to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind that both employees and customers love and support. In this episode, I was lucky to get a very experienced HR executive on the podcast, Marco Reich. He has a wealth of experience from brands like the Restaurant Group, Bills, Leon, and Black Sheep Coffee. He's now running his own consultancy, MR Consult UK, as an advisor and consulting, helping companies to boost performance through their people. We talked about the current storm in the industry, how to survive and thrive in it, also the importance of using this time you have now to reflect on how you can get stronger as an individual as well as an organization, what kind of leadership approach that will be needed to excel in the new world, and much more. Sit back Grab your coffee, notebook, and be ready to do great thinking on culture, people strategy, as well as leadership. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Hospitality Maverick podcast. And today I have a very special guest. It's Marco Reich, ex-Leon, ex-Bill, and ex-Black Sheep Coffee. If you don't know Marco and haven't seen him talk about things before, you are in for a treat if you love something around people first, especially about how you use values to, to navigate through uh, the current environment we're in right now, so which is a lot of uncertainty and unpredictable for, for leaders out there and organizations. So welcome to the podcast, Marco. Thank you very much for having me, Michael. And for people that, that haven't clicked who you are, don't know who you are, just mention a bit that you were had a career from ex-Bill and ex-Leon and ex-Black Sheep Coffee. Can you just give them a bit of a, a quick a summary, maybe the elevator pitch on, on who you are? Yes, I, uh, I initially grew up, so to say, at the restaurant group, really, initially as an operator and then as head of recruitment whilst the group was going through a rapid expansion from around 250 to just under 500 sites. And then I went to, uh, you mentioned Bill's Restaurants, in its infancy stages. I was the first HR director at Bill's and part of the initial management team that took the brand from newcomer to nationwide restaurant company. After Bill's, I uh, spent some time at Leon as people director, which obviously is a super exciting brand. I'm sure we're going to talk about that later as well. And then more lately, Black Sheep Coffee. And now I find myself as an independent HR consultant, which is something that's been on my mind for years. And here I am now. What is your like your you know approach to to working with organization both as an HR director and leader and you know also in your consultancy what is your your approach when it comes to how you help organizations thrive and boost performance I tend to see HR through a very commercial pair of eyes but I believe that organizations can really thrive through their people and achieve amazing results through their people. And I suppose that's where I come in. I, I do believe that HR can add great value. I remember the days when HR was still perceived as, as the fluffy bit on the side, whereas HR has firmly moved onto the board and right next to the CEO in many cases as an integral part of a business because people decisions these days have a much, much greater impact. The, the landscape, particularly in the, in the hospitality sector, has changed from a people's perspective. We know no, it's a relatively small margin industry. So, so we need to get the best out of our people in order to help organizations. And I think that's where I can add value and that's where I come in. What is your your thinking about, you know, where the industry is now? It's, there's no doubt about it. It's, it's probably the darkest hour 
and the most unknown hour ever. What what is your view from a, if you put on the HR glasses and, and and your years of experience looking at an industry you you've been part of and suddenly it's gone to a halt. It's almost you know falling a bit apart in in some parts of it and other others are maybe thriving right now. But as majority is really struggling and are nervous about what's lying ahead. Those that are doing well now tend to be the ones that got their house in order when the sun was shining. As naff as that may sound, but it, you know, there's a lot of truth in that saying because I tend to look forward regardless whether you're in a crisis or not. And a couple of years ago at Leon, we did a big exercise on planning for the future with potentially fewer people available because we saw coming what's on the horizon with regards to potential new immigration proposals that we didn't know at the time what they were going to look like. But nonetheless, we were constantly in the background working on something that we called Leon 4.0. What does the future of the country company look like. And I think there's a massive opportunity to do that now. Now, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what the industry is going to look like afterwards. It is obviously an unprecedented crisis. However, I think it's fair to assume that the industry will not be the same that it was before. There's a real opportunity now to look at efficiencies from top to bottom, but not just from an operational point of view. I think those that will not just survive, but actually do really well afterwards are going to be those who are able to provide the best possible customer service, the best possible employers with the best possible career journeys and career opportunities for their employees. And I think now is the time really to to have a really good look at yourself. The reason why we, we connected again was um, via LinkedIn, as many other things. I saw you wrote a piece on values. And I thought that was a very interesting perspective, which I 100% agree in that, you know, the, the people with the stronger values or behaviors, beliefs will navigate through that. And you mentioned Leon that has done some remarkable things and how quickly a, a reasonable large organization, I would say, have actually turned the ship around and uh, suddenly become a grocery store and also helping feeding our precious heroes in the front line, the NSS workers. What is it with these values and why, why do you think it's so important to have, you know, these clear values in times of change and unpredictability? The topic of values is something that, that I've been working with and working on for years, really. And and it's something that often is cause for debate in organizations, and particularly with senior teams. And, and you find very often that, that senior management teams somehow think that they're exempt from adhering to those values or, or, or displaying the same behaviors that are expected from employees further down the line. And in the last few weeks, it really struck me the way certain organizations have behaved. And that's both in good ways and bad ways. You know, companies have made headlines in, in recent weeks, and we still see that now. Companies have made headlines, and some of those were sh- truly shocking. Some of those were truly laudable, where you'd say, like, wow, this is just amazing. And I uh, that, that brought me back to think about values. And, and I thought, I wonder whether these organizations which have displayed these appalling leadership practices and uh, behaviors, I thought, I wonder whether, whether this is in line with those company values. And if I was working for an organization that behaved in this manner right now, what would I think about everything that I've been told in my induction about the company's core values? And what do they really actually mean? And, and because they there are you know, a lot of people who are very cynical about these things. That is quite often the thing where HR departments are called a little bit fluffy. You know, you talk about values and behaviors and mission statements, etc. But I think now we really see those who have 
the right compass pointing firmly north, they're guided by their values and they're therefore making the right decisions. And, and I used Leon as an example here because obviously having been the people director at, at Leon, I, I know it very well. And I, so I know that Leon's values, be kind, be a leader and live and eat well, are totally embodied in this Feed the NHS campaign, which Leon is spearheading, but a lot of other companies, Wasabi, Dishoom, Pizza Pilgrims, etc., are taking part in as well. And I think it's such a brilliant initiative which totally embodies those values. That's why I wrote this piece, it brought me back to thinking about, do they actually matter? And, 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 and if so, how can they help leaders really make the right decisions? Clearly, and I know John Vincent very well at Leon, clearly he is guided by those values as well. And, and he, he truly believes in them, which I think is remarkable at this time to stick to your guns, even when times are as hard as they currently are. And I'm pretty certain that that will be rewarded by both customers who are watching very closely as well as employees. Because I think it, it fills you with pride if you work for an organization that has that amount of integrity, that even when times are as tough as they are now, still adhere to their core values. I think it's remarkable. How do you think when it comes to, you know, a lot of people, they, you said they, they, they have maybe have values or they have them on maybe written on the wall and a lot of employees have seen that and they said they will. Do you also think there's an opportunity here for the one that maybe hasn't been so good to live their values in, in non-crisis and been more focused on the, the commercial side actually now to, to activate that and actually use this as an opportunity over the next couple of months say we really need to uh, shift gears because now we have time actually to think about how do we actually activate our values. We all know that there's people, there's companies that's more purpose-driven than others and that they can all survive in one way or the other but the longevity often lies with the one with some very clear purpose and values take for an example of southwest airline chipotle which has been very clear on on the values for many 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 years i'm so glad you mentioned southwest airlines there because i've i've always been inspired by southwest and i always say to people if you read one management book read nuts the southwest story i think it's truly remarkable and again it, it talks about values really well because the way southwest started it actually started off without values and the values were sort of discovered along the way and i firmly believe in that you don't create values you discover them because effectively it's a soul searching exercise isn't it because if you just write something up on paper in a brainstorming exercise chances are that may either be fairies and unicorns as admirable as it may be to have those ambitions but actually i think it's an opportunity to have a really good look deep down inside do some soul searching because very often the values are already there you just need to go and find them it's discovery we did this at builds when i when i first started there um it was one of the first things we did as we grew we knew that values were going to be really important and to bill himself it was really important that what he created would live in a larger company so we went and dug really deep i spent a lot of time with Bill himself, time with people who knew Bill very well. And effectively, we, we put meat on the bones on the on the Bill's story, which encompasses all of the Bill's values, really. And that's where we ended up with. We, we told the Bill's story and we made sure that everybody understands what that story means because it's full of the right values. What, what I'm trying to, to say here is if you use this opportunity now, obviously, it's fantastic. Like with any other parts of your business, whether it's your menu, whether it's your development programs, whatever. Whatever it may be, your comms, your marketing, now is the opportunity to get your house in order whilst you may have some time on your hands to do that. On the value side, I think it is really important if you do decide to do that, to be very honest about where you currently are and what behaviors 
people in the organization are displaying. And that is inclusive top to bottom, not just the senior leadership team. Values is not something that, that a leadership team draws up or an HR team. If you really want to get to the bottom of what, what an organization's values are or should be, then you need to include those at all levels in the organization in that. Listening is always good, always at any time, whether it's a good time or bad time. And, and right now, listening is even more important, I think. I really like that you go on a discovery journey for you, like almost a, a Camino walk, soul searching to discover your, your values and your beliefs and you do that together with the employees. Do you have like a, an, an outline of, you know, I know probably every company like anything else needs to do their own tweaks on any process, but is there anything where you say, this is the, 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 the top journey, the steps you need to go through as a leadership, if you had to give a bit of a, a tool in a way or a framework for people? First of all, can I just say, it's like I, we don't know each other very well at all, but so you mentioned the Camino walk. I actually did that 10 years ago. I walked the Camino de Santiago for exactly that reason. As It's my 10th Camino anniversary this year. Uh, and anybody who, who has the time to do it, go do it. So whether you're, you're spiritual, religious or not, it's a, it's a truly inspiring experience. From a company point of view, I suppose it's not too dissimilar to the, to the Camino walk. It starts with trust and honesty. I think if, you, if you're not open-minded enough for that to receive really good feedback, then you might as well not start. You could liken it to an employee survey, really. Why do you want to do it? Do you want people to, to tell you what you want to hear or, or do you actually want to know the truth? And then how transparent are you about the outcome of that? Uh, so I think you have to have an open mind in order to to go on that soul searching exercise. Include everybody top to bottom. And, and that literally means CEO to pot wash everybody needs to be part of that exercise if you do decide to do that. And quite often, it helps if you have somebody who's external to your company to help you with putting it together, because sometimes to have a fresh pair of eyes, and again, this brings us back to Southwest Airlines, their values were already being displayed. So what, what they did is people came into the organization and observed what was happening there, and the values were derived from that. They were not just drawn up on a piece of paper in a brainstorming exercise. And that's what I'm saying. Look closely at the behaviors that are already being displayed and, and see whether you can get some trends from there. If you have a mission statement, it normally helps because if your mission statement is the why, then, then the values would be the how. The two tend to feed into each other very nicely. And also, if you already have a set of values, review them. Even if you think they're good and hold up right now, still review them. Yeah, with John Vincent, we I, I would debate for for hours on our values whether they whether they still hold up and whether we should change them, whether they're relevant. It's that open mindedness that you need. It's a bit like uh, your fitness in a way. I always said when I've been working in leadership teams or with leaders is like like you uh, you need to train like a muscle. Sometimes you you you've been not as good at training and you need to take the values out once in a while and and shake them up a bit and say do they fit for where we are from a you know a curve? Are we gone from startup environment? You mentioned you came in and build in a growth period. We actually in a, in a different period of the company's life. Is the founder still here and so on and so on? How do we actually display the values in, in the right way without dropping the core of the, the history and the story, but actually just start training that muscle again. I totally agree with you. And that's often forgotten. It's not a one-off work and then you, you move on. You actually have to take the values out once in a while. I would say once a year and check them if they're still irrelevant. And especially when it happens situations like this, you really need to start looking at them and again and say, uh, we need maybe to talk about them in a very different way than we did in good times. 
100%, you said it right there, you, you need to create habits. If it's no good to create a beautiful set of values, even if they're perfectly right for the company and, and they're the right values, you have to demonstrate those values, live those values, go on and on and on about those values and communication so they stick. It's not going to work otherwise. Once you're happy and confident with them, you know, don't just, don't just frame them, put them on the wall. It's very, very important that they feed through everyday life in an organization. There are a number of companies that are displaying that beautifully right now. You were saying a bit about we identify, we've been on the Camino, we found our values, we know where they are, we maybe even clarified existing values. How do you bring them to life in any organization? Because that's often where I think it becomes difficult for many people. How do I bring this alive? Now we did this thing and now how do we actually live it on a daily basis? That's where a lot of organizations then often fail to really bring them to life. And that's not easy. Uh, a, it takes time. But if your values, if you're happy with them and they are your compass, then you need to evaluate people on them as well. They need to feed through your appraisal process. I hope that that's more than just the, the, the old annual appraisal that people this day and age probably give more frequent feedback, which is a beautiful opportunity to embed those values as well. But, but the really important thing, I think, is you need to celebrate them. So when somebody does display those values, then I think they need to be celebrated. You know, good behavior breeds good behavior. I firmly believe in that. People displaying values, I, th I think, are a perfect opportunity for any organization to showcase uh, how you can live your values and how you can make a difference. Don't be shy. Celebrate. Have some fun. It's a bit forgotten because I guess a lot of people talk about strategy and we need to implement strategy, but often it becomes the operational parts of the strategy that need to make the, you know, the machine work in a way and you forget to, to wrap them in in the values because if you get them wrapped in in the values, in my experience, then, then it's much easier to do the operational bit because people get why we need to do it. If the values truly link to your mission and everything you do follows those patterns, then whether it's your menu development, your people development, your recruitment process, your, your customer service journey, they should all follow those values. It's a good test. Once you're happy with those values, put one on top of the other and say, like, okay, this is our customer service journey. This is our set of values. Are the two linked? Does one do what the other says it should do? Because as far as I'm concerned, the consumer brand and the employer brand should be totally aligned. You know, so effectively what you're doing with this value piece almost is internal marketing right? The two need to be intrinsically aligned. If you lay the values over any process that you have and use it as a test, I think it's a good tool to review whether you're doing the right thing. Ultimately, driving your mission, which is what you should be doing. It's a good test for doing all of this. As I said, every process that you have in the business can be tested with that in very, very simple terms. If one of your values is punctuality and you have an employee who's constantly late, then that employee probably doesn't live by the values and, and you would need to reset that in one way or another. What do you think is going to happen after this? Because there's a lot of talented people out there right now that's ended in redundancy of no other reason than the coronavirus. We know this industry is full of great people and maybe the whole, uh, the amount of people is not the challenge when we come back. It's actually who's going to join you when they come back in a way. And do you think there's going to be, that's going to be a list, you know, unconscious with people they know who have behaved in a specific way and in doing the right thing way. And then there's the other list where you, you maybe not have behavior so human and according to society as you should have done. There are good employers and there are bad employers. And some of those that we've seen in, in recent weeks are probably not surprising at all. Others really are because they tend to showcase themselves as, as these amazing companies who people should actually do flock to because they're, they've got this amazing reputation. And, and they're the ones who really let their people down, I think. They're probably going to be amplified 
through this because people have got a lot of time on their hands. They can read a lot and watch a lot of news. You can showcase yourself as an employer of choice or not right now. So I'd imagine there will, without a doubt, be a run on those companies who are doing the right thing, who will in turn have the opportunity to hire the best people out there, without doubt. Mind you, I don't think that the industry is probably immediately, in the, in the medium term, going to be as big as it is or, or has been a few weeks ago. So I'm not sure what that means in terms of, I'm not necessarily saying that some companies are going to be struggling to recruit because I think that there will be more people out there without a doubt, because I, d- I don't think that the industry is going to be quite as big as, as, it, as it was three weeks ago. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be uh, quite a bloodbath. Those companies who are now doing the right thing who are being watched and admired by by some really good employees. If they have the choice afterwards to hire the best people, they're putting themselves into an even better position. And that is where I think the real opportunity lies as well. So th- there will be companies coming out stronger out of this without doubt. I've said it before, every, every crisis is an opportunity. This one, as harsh as it is right now, it's a massive opportunity to showcase yourself as an employer what, without a doubt. What that means for those who, who don't quite uh, showcase the, the best values and I think customers are probably are going to have to make their mind up as well who they support that's going to be interesting how people gonna vote with their food dollars as I normally say after this because you there's, there's a very clear connection between food and the corona crisis because it came from the wet market in China which is the the, the meat industry there so that there's going to be an interesting you know views from consumers on I guess how food businesses are dealing with supply chain and how transparent they are and so on so I think it's that's going to be a, a massive change in in the consumer it's going to be a much more savvy consumer we'll see on the other side as well i guess all these things we're talking about and we're talking about there's a new future on the other side that in a way in my view and i don't know what your view is in this marco is that also means a new leadership paradigm in general in society but we can't continue doing as we did and leadership probably needs to be changed there was already a change in the way we we let people where we were moving away from the industrial top-down approach into a more engaging and bottom-up and yeah was moving slowly do you think that's going to be accelerated now we're going to go into more you know open organizations with less hierarchies and you know more decision making in the front line because we just need to because we need to be much more nimble and slick because of you know margins going to be even harder Yes, I tend to agree with you. I mean, there's nothing wrong with strong leadership, by the way. There are limitations to flat structures and there are limitations to very democratic approaches to decision making. Because at the end of the day, if you want to be nimble, you also need to make sure that you are in a position to make decisions really quickly. So uh, those companies who now have reinvented themselves, they were also in a position to make decisions really quickly. And if you ask everybody for their opinion first, chances are you're not going to be able to make decisions very quickly. But that said, I think if you all think alike, that's not a problem. I think the, the the values definitely feed into this leadership situation that you're talking about now as well. A lot of those leaders right now, they've got very, very difficult decisions to make. So, you know, let's let's not kid ourselves. Even those who we know have made terrible decisions over the past few days and, and weeks, at the end of the day, they, they probably acted either with their instinct or experience or, or wanting to protect their business. They, they've made those decisions for one reason or another. That's why I'm saying if you have a strong set of values that you truly believe in and which is what is ingrained in your business, those values can help you 
be a better leader. They can help you, guide you to making those better decisions. So therefore, uh, I think the two are really, really well interlinked, the values and the leadership, because one helps the other. We've shown a spotlight on leaders right now, political leaders or company leaders. And that's why I think we look at leaders more so than we have before. And that's normal for any crisis. That's absolutely normal. In a crisis, you look to your leaders. Will leadership change? Probably yes. Even the most experienced leaders uh, are probably recognizing that they that they have a lot to learn because this is a situation that no one, no one has experienced before and found themselves in. The question is, how prepared were you to lead your troops in this situation right now? And, and, and some leaders were much better prepared than others. And that's why I'm saying the best leaders probably are those who are best prepared to lead in the future. And I think those who have fallen flat on their face and some have apologized, made U-turns, etc., will hopefully learn from the situation and, and probably look at their own leadership styles uh, and what they can do differently, as does everybody probably in our society, how they lead their lives. You mentioned the, you know, the meat industry. Yeah, there's probably going to be an uptake in plant-based food, without doubt. There's probably going to be a, a change in the way we travel. There's probably going to be a change in the way we, we, we approach working from home. That's why I'm saying exactly the same applies to, to leadership as well. Those who did prepare for good leadership when the sun was shining, they're the ones who are now able to lead their troops in this storm. We should have a look at that and see what they've done very well. And there are a few examples to look at. Some of the things you're saying um, brings me back to something I've been following the last 10 days. Ken Blanchard and a publisher in the US have done like a summit on servant leadership, which is Ken Blanchard's view on leadership. And it's it's nothing new. It's been around for, for decades. Uh, servant leadership is uh, in the style of Simon Sinek, put people first and so on. And he had similar views that leadership is quite simple. You'll be good at it if you prepare at it every day to become better and train your leadership muscles. And I think that that's that's the the whole learning here. You're never done. You're training for situations like this. There will probably become other crises you need to deal with. That's why it's so important not to to stop that journey as well. Like the the values muscles. This is actually what keeps the values alive. Is strong leadership, as you mentioned. I totally agree. You you need that, but it's the whole approach to to leadership and actually trying to understand that you're not done because you have had success with one approach. You probably need a new approach. And as you have traveled around different companies, you'll probably change the approach and tweak them every time without doubt and it's, what you just said there is sort of it, it goes back to again it goes back to the Camino de Santiago approach is sort of good leadership really starts with understanding yourself and understanding who you are and that is absolutely fundamental if you want to be a good leader that you understand what you're really good at and what you're not so good at and it's 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 absolutely fine to admit that there are certain things that you may not be so good at and it, the question is is it worth working on that or is it worth having somebody by your side who can outbalance your weakness but the understanding yourself and, and who you are is, is the fundamental basis of becoming a good leader. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The the best leaders I've worked with and been lucky to to had a couple of them in my career where they were very clear on where their strengths were and how they would like to use me because they thought I could complement with something. And and that creates, you know, an, an amazing relationship because that relationship with your, your nearest manager is going to become critical or leader in the next couple of years, you know, that you actually can, you know, move very fast together and you have a very strong relationship. And you're going to get that with that honesty you talked about before. So I, I totally agree, you know, if you can just be honest and raw about that i'm good at these things and i'm hiring you because you're much better than me and actually you know the best leaders has the people that are smarter than themselves around them and that's the whole whole idea with leadership 
what do you do to even you know before crisis, but maybe all under a crisis? Well, what do you do to to sharpen the saw to make sure that you are you are ready, focus and and seize the opportunity to come? What what is your secret formula? We everybody has some things we do. Number one, really, I mentioned earlier, really understand yourself and who you are. Number two. Don't stop learning. And number three, I think prepare for those eventualities. I said it earlier. You know, those who are prepared are the are the ones who are going to be succeeding in the end. Some of those companies, and I mentioned Leon, and I know for a fact uh, that a few years ago we have been working on things that weren't a reality yet, and now I think it's bearing its fruits. And it's a bit like uh, I like the approach you're saying that thing you talk about the you know train your fundamentals every day. And uh, one of my favorite sports people, I'm quite into basketball was Michael Jordan and one of his things was that he just trained the most boring things to tediousness every day he went on the the play court and everybody thought he you know there was some kind of special talent he always said I didn't have better talent than anyone else I just worked harder at it and that's the, these foundations you work on all the time so you can never be good enough to setting goals for example that's a key thing or giving feedback to people as a leader in my world you can always improve and that's what you were saying as well so you are prepared and almost also as you said I like the thing you said about setting up scenarios about the futures and actually try to imagine the the crazy stuff that could happen and what is my my plan and what is the 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 actions i can put in place because then you're definitely better fitted when something like what we just had here hits you i totally agree if you should give a, like one advice to leaders out there leaders in general what would your one advice be marco in the current environment in general what is it that you think people need to go and do if they haven't done it It goes back to the topic that we're talking about. If you look at your values and if you understand what good values and the right set of values can really do to your organization in a very positive way and helping you achieve your mission, then I think now is the time to really have a good look at how relevant are your values, how relevant is your mission, and do those values provide the how to your mission, if your mission is the why. Go and do some soul searching. I firmly believe that you don't just create values, you discover them. Go on that discovery journey right now, quickly as you possibly can, because we don't know how long this is going to go on for, but we do know that it will end, and when it does end, it'll make you stronger. Yeah, and I guess it's all about not focusing on all the things that's gone wrong, but now focusing on how do I get stronger out of this than I was when I started the journey. There's an opportunity now to not necessarily just reinvent yourself, but there's an opportunity now to bring out the best version of yourself and relaunch yourself afterwards as a person, as a business, as a company, as a team. Prepare for relaunch. I think that's a very good uh, advice, uh, Marco. With that, thank you very much for some really great insights into to your journey, but also more important, like your whole approach to values and leadership. And I'm sure you would have sparked some thinking around some tables at home. Think about how do I actually get back and become a more efficient leader after all this. So, so thank you very much, Marco. You're welcome. Absolute pleasure, Michael. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marco, for your thinking and great advice on boosting business performance through people. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a like, share, rate, or subscribe to one of our channels. Thanks to Let's Talk Video Production for your support on the podcast. Tune in next time for another industry interview. And in the meantime, find out more about us and subscribe to our newsletter at hospitalitymavericks.com. Thanks for listening and be maverick.